Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great show coming up, and we are joined by social media goddess Amara Baptist. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, hanging in there as well. Are you you're in are you in Portland, Amara? Yes, I'm in Portland. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Staying staying in place. You got anything that you're uh watching in particular? I've been uh I've been up and down with some some different shows. Obviously Love is Blind. I actually might rewatch it because now that we're in quarantine, I'm like I relate to them, you know. I feel I feel this. So, I may rewatch that. Um, have you guys seen American Horror Story? I have not. It's a good okay. one. It's like each season is a different storyline, so you can pick up anywhere and you're huh? watching like from the beginning. So, I'm into that. Um, Do you have a favorite? Kind of creepy. Ooh, um Probably the first season was really good. Yeah. So what else? I don't know. I I feel like I'm having trouble focusing on stuff. So I'm going for the super no brain cells, melt my brain type situations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those seem ideal right now. Well, we usually get things off, start off with a little bit of an icebreaker. And we got to talk to Brooke last week. And she let us know all about her English muffin challenge and how she hadn't heard about your English muffin yet. And so we want to know what makes up the English muffin of your dreams. Oh, man. Okay, so usually when you think of the English muffin challenge, you think sweet, right? So I'm going to go savory and I'm going to say Eggs Benedict is my English muffin dream. Big fan of Eggs Benedict. But I, I, I need to I need to order that. I feel like I, that's too chefy for me to make, you know? You could do it. Thank you. So good. That was totally going to be my answer because that's like the ultimate way to like spruce up and like honor the goodness of an English muffin is by like putting all that yummy stuff on, especially hollandaise. Mm. Yours looked good today. The pears. I was like, okay. Yeah, I had pear and almond butter and I'm getting ready here to eat my second English muffin of the day. So for people who look at you, this one is a, uh, let's see. It's a, uh, it's a dill and garlic goat cheese with a, uh, tomato and a little bit of parsley on top. Because I also I like savory. I mean, I like sweet too, but I this time of day I go with the savory option. Because then later on I'll have one probably with butter and cinnamon and sugar. So good, so good. I don't normally Uh, buy English muffins, but I might. I feel like now I'm inspired. I know. I've been on a hunt for bread flour so I can make some, but I cannot find any in the Portland metro area. So, um, my first thought was also eggs Benedict, but then I was like. Eh, I worked a breakfast line for a long time, and the idea of making an eggs benedict for myself, I just don't want to. Um, I've made thousands, so I am going to go with my go-to, which is butter, avocado, and then Thrive Sauce, which is a local kind of like, it's like a hot sauce meets a ketchup made with carrots. 
I don't know. It's like the sweet, tangy, spicy sauce. And it's a local Portland company and it is amazing. And I put it on everything. And so it's my go-to there. I just ran out, which is a travesty in this time. But, you know, we all got to make sacrifices. So, <laughs> What do you guys think about like going in? I think it's fascinating that about going into grocery stores and like having them be out of stuff. I mean, it's like it just reminds me like real it makes me realize like how much we've taken our whole like supply chain <laughs> for granted. Yeah. And now it's like, OK, well, we're going to have to do with that, that and we're going to use this yep. and we're going to have to yeah. learn how to do new things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, I went to the um, Trader Joe's on Gleason and I Trader Joe's is my go to actually live across the street from a new seasons, which I like new seasons, but it's a little pricey sometimes. So I tend to go to Trader Joe's and they had everything. I went on like a Thursday morning and they, they had everything. So I was like, no toilet paper, but they had everything else. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Toilet paper is a hot commodity right now. So I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. Of all things, that's what people were hoarding, but I guess that's, that's their business. You two might be too, might not remember this, but when I was, it was during like the seventies <laughs> gas crisis there was also like this big fear that there was going to be a paper shortage. And in Portland, I always thought that was so weird because like we were always surrounded by trees and we grew up learning that like paper comes from trees and it was like, we have all these trees. But my mom became obsessed with the fact that we were going to run out of toilet paper because of this like paper crisis and people wanting to conserve. So <laughs> all of my life, my mom always had like this giant closet full of toilet paper. So that's just kind of always how I've been. I just thought that everybody like, like had a lot of toilet paper. So if anybody needs well, anything, let you me have the last laugh now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually went to a cafe the other day that um, is, of course, only open for uh, takeout. And I wanted to buy something, but there wasn't anything there that I really wanted. So I bought a gift card. And so they were giving out free rolls of toilet paper with their gift cards, which made sense because they like don't have traffic you know, in the restaurant That's right now. super so smart. Were, yeah. They like put a little stamp on the outside of it that was their stamp. And I was like, That's perfect. I will remember this place at least until I get to that roll of toilet paper. There you go. That's really smart business. <laughs> That's some marketing right there. Um well during the break we've had um kind of a lull in basketball, obviously, but an uptick in social media presence by players. So I'm wondering, Amara, do you have any highlights of NBA social media during this NBA hiatus? Yeah, I think the first one that comes to mind is Matisse from the Sixers. Um, he's been a big presence on TikTok. He's I feel like he's the first NBA player that has really owned that platform as like, okay, uh, this I'm going to do this. And he's really good. He's like really creative and I, I think he's great. So that's the first, um, first one I thought of. And then CJ and his captions are phenomenal. Um, his Instagram captions are a ride. I just, I, he doesn't post much on Instagram, but when he does, it's so worth it. I, I enjoy it. I'm trying to think who else. Mario's been super active on Twitch. He's been streaming and Myers did that 24 hour live stream for, I think it was for charity, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else, who, who have you guys seen? 
Terry, you have any favorites so I far? I totally agree with the CJ captions. And yeah. this it Incredible. happened before this whole break, but um the when he was on his uh fiance's birthday, he just yes. it was. It was like the most beautiful love roller coaster. I'm <laughs> like, I'm excited about this, but this, but this, <laughs> and it was just like, oh my god, that's so adorable. And you could just I don't know if he like actually is just speaking directly into the phone and it's copying exactly what he says because it almost it sounds like it's just like stream of consciousness talking. It's incredible. It is a ride. Like anyone who's wa- listening, watching this, like you just take a ride on CJ's. Yeah. The, the fiance one was really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I the One of the things I also love is uh, watching professional athletes who were so used to being absolutely like so good at everything try to figure out technology like watching Carmelo try to figure out how to unmute himself like I've never related to an NBA player more <laughs> than in that moment oh, man. and it's like it's like it's and the fact that they're all like okay showing these like vulnerabilities when like their whole life is like you know they they work so hard on like presenting this like super competent presence yeah but they're out there going like i how do i can you hear me is it on like can you hear me now and it's just i love it and i just love all of the just unfiltered conversations that they're having like in their um, in their stories together me too yeah i was watching um i think it was carmelo and chris paul today I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. this is, it's like you're in a FaceTime with them. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's a very different perspective that I didn't think we were going to necessarily get from players this widespread. Like, I think you get it sometimes with individual players who are really open. But we've seen all sorts of players I'd never expect to kind of just be really open and vulnerable. And it's been an interesting experience to watch. I think it's. It's fun for an NBA fan because we miss basketball so much that it's it's nice to get to know our players a little bit more and players that we watch a little bit more. I don't know, totally. I'm loving it. I think Matisse is hilarious, though. My He's highlight so for sure. Um, I don't even have a TikTok, but I've seen them all on Twitter. And so I'm just like, pl- please don't ever stop. Like, I need these videos constantly. And I love that he's like a gracious neighbor because he was like, I really don't want to dribble the basketball too much just because, you know, I have neighbors. So um, we're going to do workouts without that. And it's, it's, I love it. It's, it's so, it's so spot on. I love it. So Tara, do you want to do the Kobe stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Amara, you uh, are from Los Angeles and obviously earlier this season uh, there was the tragedy of Kobe and his daughter and their companions on the helicopter crashing. Um, very sad. Um, and I know that, you know, as somebody from LA, you probably have some uh, pretty strong memories of him. And I didn't you work out at one of his work at one of his camps? If if you wouldn't mm-hmm. mind, I'd love to hear some just your thoughts and reflections on him and how he impacted you. Yeah, so I've uh, born and raised in LA. Um, grew up a Lakers fan. I know Blazer fans don't want to hear it, but you know, at least I was in LA, not a bandwagoner. Um, so yeah, huge Kobe fan. He was he was kind of like my Michael Jordan. Um, I grew up in that. Kobe Shaq era and kind of just followed him his entire end of his career. Um, yeah, I mean, he was really the reason why I fell in love with basketball. So obviously it was, I mean, it shocked everybody. I just didn't, 
it's weird because I didn't feel like he was able to die. I don't know if that makes sense. He felt invincible to me. Like he felt like he's Kobe. Like you just don't think of people's mortality like that, especially someone like Kobe Bryant. So yeah, I worked um, at his summer camps, his summer basketball camps for four years. And um, I was an intern my first year, super like starstruck. I've never been starstruck in my life. And I was, I could not breathe when I met him. (laughs) I was just like, Mm, I don't even think I said anything. Um, and we went, uh, went our separate ways. And over the years, he kind of, you know, saw me keep coming back. So he had, you know, started to talk to me. And he's always just been so gracious. Um, he actually followed me on Twitter when he first got a Twitter. I think it was like 2010, maybe. I don't remember when. But, like, I thought it was fake because, okay, this is embarrassing. So <laughs> I... This, this like not Bill Walton account. I don't know if he's still around, but it was like a parody account. It was literally called like not Bill Walton. Um, he made some joke about Kobe not passing or, or something like that just irritated me. So I responded from my Twitter account and I guess Kobe was on Twitter and he wasn't verified at the time. And I, he, I woke up to a follow and I was like, this is fake. There's no way this is the real Kobe, whatever. Then he got verified and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I freaked out for a good like week and a half. And I was like, okay, just pretend, just tweet like you normally do. Just pretend like your idol is not following you on Twitter. Um, so that was fun. And then over the years, I think it was my, my last year at his camp and um, uh, the, in the morning I was driving this poor injured kid. He got hurt. And we have like, it was at, um, Santa Barbara's uh, campus. So it's like very spacious. There's a lot of like columns. So I was driving a six seater golf cart, which is really large. And, um, I was kind of scared to navigate it. So I was driving this kid and we're driving and I get stuck in the middle of a column and I can't get out. So I'm like, going forward, like hitting the wall. Wait, how did you get stuck? I honestly don't know. I think I must have blacked out. I don't know what was going on, but I- <laughs> So you like so had I yourself wedged the in there, okay. Yes, and I'm like backwards, forward. It was like something out of a movie. The entire camp is like letting out. Like I know all the coaches, they're all laughing at me. I'm just like, oh my God, don't look at me. So after that, I swore I'm not driving those six seaters. Forget about it. I'm not doing it. So Kobe comes to the camp later in the day and he seeks me out. He's like, Hey, um, uh, Vanessa and the kids are going to come, uh, to the camp. Can you, can you drive us on the golf cart? And I was like, uh, you know, I think an intern would be much better. Like, I just want them to have that opportunity in your presence. He was like, no, I want you to do it. And I was like, you know, I'm busy at that time. He's like, see you then. So I like get in the car and I'm like, so like crying almost. And I'm telling my boss at the time, I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, please, someone else do it. I, I'm, I, what if I get into a crash with Kobe in the car or whatever? So I get in the golf cart and I'm trying to play it cool. And I'm like driving along and I look up in like the rear of the mirror and he's dying laughing. And I'm like, what? And he's like, uh, be careful. There's a, there's a column over there. We wouldn't ju- want you to get stuck in there. Somebody had told him that I got stuck in the column and he did it just to spite me. So that was fun. But yeah, it was a, he was a great dude. And um, yeah, it's a shame. But that's a fun, fun story that I'll always remember. 
Oh, oh my gosh. When as soon as you got got the follow from him, did you like run and go like check out your timeline and like clean it all up? <laughs> Make sure- I don't I think yes, probably. I remember telling my mom like I think Kobe followed me on Twitter. And she's like, no, he didn't. Why would he follow you? I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> a great question. How old were so you? So that was, that was fun. Oh, man. I, I think it was like 2010. No, no, no. Maybe 2011. So I'm 29 now. So like 19 mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. Wow. At the beginning of your social media career. Yeah, I wasn't even in social media at this time. So, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I remember reading somewhere that he followed, like, something like 20 people. And you were one of those 20 people yeah. for a really There's long time. There's an article online. It's embarrassing. And the <laughs> article's like, who is this girl? <laughs> Just like, oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> well... Wait, do you remember um, the game that uh, where the Blazers and uh, and the Lakers first played again after his death? Were you down yeah. there for that game? Do you have any rem- memories of that? Yeah, I was. Um, that was surreal, like a, a very surreal thing. Um, it felt, I don't know how to, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough, but it was so heavy in there. Like the atmosphere was just so heavy. Um, I did okay throughout, you know, everything. And then Usher started singing and I like lost it. I was like, this is, it was beautiful. They did a beautiful job, but it was weird too. Cause I mean, we were prepared for LeBron and the Lakers to come out and smack us by 50. Cause you have all that momentum and energy and it's like Kobe's playing through us. And, and then we start winning. And I was like, wait, we didn't prepare, like, I hate to say it, not that we don't believe in our guys, but it's like, you just don't think you're going to win that game. Yeah. I, I don't as, think any team you know, would have thought that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, it was, it was amazing, but it was, it was interesting navigating, like how to say that we're winning and like be excited about it in that such of a weird moment. But I was, I was proud of how we handled it, but it was very surreal. That must've been really challenging trying to find the voice that night. As, you know, yeah, I was reasons like not because yeah. like, first there's you know dealing with grief, and then there's also like having expectations of what the game's going to be like, and then having it go a different way, and right? Which, yeah, and I was actually sitting next to the Lakers social media people, and I was kind of like not running stuff by them, but like kind of saying like, do you think does this feel okay to you? Because I don't, I don't want it to sound like, oh, we're winning, my like, man, yeah. like it's like bigger than a game, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think we handled it well, but it was, it was surreal. What a game. I think we all felt that from home. I can't even imagine the feeling there. Like yeah. that yeah. seems undescribable in a lot of ways. And also, I don't know how Trevor played in that game. Like props to Trevor. It's incredible. And I do not blame Carmelo one bit for not going to that game. You know, I saw some yeah. comments about it and I'm like, you guys, that's so unfair to judge people. Like he, pl- I don't know how they played the night he died, how anybody played. I mean, around the NBA, it was, it's tough. You just you can't prepare yourself for that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you talked a little bit about navigating, you know, the tricky situations of social media, but also we know that you run 
you know, you get your team is in charge of the best social media account in the league. And so <laughs> Tara and I were wondering how we become social media ballers like you. And so we're kind of just wondering, you know, what are the keys to creating a social media presence for individuals? It's a great question. And I don't know if I, if there's a right answer. I think mm-hmm. the main thing for me is just being authentically you. Like, I think that's something that is shown more now because we're all in our houses and we're all no makeup and in sweats that we've been wearing for a week, you know, and, and eventually our nails are going to come off. And, you know, it's just, I think right now it's a perfect time to just be like, this is me, this is authentically me. Um, and I think people really connect with humans. And I think that's why, you know, the social media brands that are so good are uh, the brands that can connect with fans on a deeper level rather than here's, here's our product. You know, it's, it's, it's a deeper connection than that. So I would say be authentic. And then, Hmm. Humor for me is a big one. I, I love mm-hmm. people that don't take themselves too seriously. I think there's a lot of serious stuff going on and, um, a little humor <laughs> is welcome right now. So mm-hmm. even the, the English muffin challenge, Big fan of that. It's something, you know, Brooke does a great job with her social media. What you see Mm -hmm. is what you get with Brooke. And I think that's why people resonate so much with her stuff. Over the years, as you've like developed both your own and learned how to develop, you know, different accounts, like with the Grizzlies and now with the Trailblazers, what are some of the things that you picked up along the way that like you didn't know when you started? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I guess, I don't know if it's something I picked up, but it's something that I really had to learn. Um, you know, people talk about voice and about, um, tone. And I think it's really important to know that like, yes, you're the person running the account and yes, you should definitely inject some of your personality into it, but it's really important to understand the fans and the way the culture is because Memphis culture and Portland culture is very different. And if I were to come in, you know, with that Memphis culture, it's, it doesn't fit with the, the brand, you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. I really like to study the fans and what the fans talk about and just the vibe and the culture of the city um, and try and, you know, emulate that best I can through mm-hmm. the social platforms. Because ultimately, we want to be a voice for the fans, you know, it's, it'd be weird if, you know, I was tweeting like some other I don't know. I can't even think of an example, but you know what I mean? I just, I like to think of where I'm at, who I'm representing and kind of go from there. What are some of the big differences between Portland fans and Memphis fans in that way? You know, there's a lot of similarities. I think there's more similarities than differences because it's small market teams that are Mm -hmm. really, really passionate. Like Memphis fans are so passionate because the Grizzlies and Memphis basketball, the college team are that's pretty much it for Memphis. You know, Nashville has football and I think hockey, but Memphis doesn't have any other professional sports. So they are like all in, at, you know, I, I see, it was funny on my timeline. I saw, did you see Dame's comment about the tournament for the eighth seed Mm-mm. on ESPN? He was saying like, I, I think I didn't watch the clip, but the caption was saying that Dame 
thought that um, there should be a tournament for the eighth spot since there's so many teams so close. Mm-hmm. And my entire timeline was Memphis fans. Like you had the whole season to be. So it's just funny to see like they're just so passionate. Portland fans are so passionate. Um, yeah, I, I see more similarities than differences. I think it's it's a, they're both amazing groups of fans for sure. Yeah. I know Tara definitely has a, a good amount of friends in that Memphis fan community. So yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're very active, and it's because I've met them all on social media, and you know that's one of the things I talk about all the time is that I love about social media is it's gotten me a way to meet people all over the world really who have um, similar interests, and you know it used to be just me and other Blazer fans, and now. You know, it's me and fans from all different kinds of fan bases. And the more you get to know them and kind of what their thing is, the more you appreciate them and even appreciate yeah. their teams, even if, you know, you're they're your rivals. Um, and I love like especially the small market, you know, yeah. like the Sacramento fans, super yep. passionate, uh, <laughs> you know, some of those like yeah. maybe their teams don't have the uh, same glory as like the Lakers or the Celtics yep. and all that, but they have um, a, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and they're fans. smart. They're really smart. There's a lot of smart takes that come out. You know, you see like you see the bandwagoners and you see the like, well, you know what you're just regurgitating what the media says, but it's like these, these fans know their stuff. Like you guys know your stuff. Grizz fans know their stuff. So it's it was funny to see the the difference of opinions on my timeline between Blazers and Grizzlies fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're also pretty hot about the uh, the uh, rookie of the year uh, conversation. Uh, I don't even think that should be a conversation, Pelicans. right? Yeah. Like it's clearly jaw, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the if the season goes on, I guess I can see more of a a reason for Zion for coming in and finishing so strong. But yeah. if it was today, like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. still have still rep Memphis. We went and visited Memphis last year, and it was amazing, and I loved it. And just yesterday, my husband and I were talking about when we're going to go back because it was such a cool place to visit. Um, yeah. But so you were talking about being authentic and, um, you know, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, say you're being authentic and you, um, feel like, you know, you have some fun and engaging things to say, and you'd like to find more people to enjoy those things that you say. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I don't like the idea of like, just how do I get more followers? Because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. That's not, I think, the ultimate goal. The yeah. ultimate goal is to have, like, lots of really good engagement and conversation. But what are some, right. some of the tricks of the trade to uh, finding more people like you and finding people who get your jokes? <laughs> I just want people <laughs> to get my jokes who understand the, the intersection of Hallmark Channel and the NBA. That's, is that too much to ask? No. I'm more of a lifetime girl myself, but I do respect the Hallmark Channel. Um, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) What? Cassidy's face lit up. Like she's a lifetime gal too. I'm all about that. Um, those crime documentaries. Let's be real. I'm, I'm in the ID discovery (laughs) land over there. I'm 
is a happy land. land. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like tactics I use um, to build my own brand, which is like sounds so weird. I, I don't like mm-hmm. to say that, but it's like, you know, we all started with zero followers at one point, And I feel like my the way I kind of got into the social media world was getting in those conversations uh, with influencers and, and kind of replying to people and saying with, you know, with bigger following saying my opinion and then they share that or they connect with you. And then if you see something that they like, they retweet it. It's kind of like finding those influencers and having them share your stuff. Um, it's, I honestly like don't really remember that's kind of just what I, I did. I like followed a ton of people and especially um, getting into social media. One of the main things I did to get into sports was to like literally Twitter stalk everybody that was in my positions now, or just like working in sports. I would like mm-hmm. follow them. Hopefully they'd follow back, look at their timeline, you know, see what they're talking about, see who they engage with, maybe DM them if it's not weird. Um, and kind of just like, see what they were doing and I wanted to be like them. So I was social media for me was like, I don't know why I thought that was the way to go, but it worked, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't answer your question. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think what you said about interacting is, is really true. You know, yeah. yeah. Staying in the conversation. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, like being genuinely interested and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a very liberal liker. Um, <laughs> I like a lot of stuff because I like a lot of stuff. Right. And um, yeah. And it's just kind of like a little like, hey, I see. ya. You know, even if like even if, even if somebody's like tweeting about something heavy and I don't have anything like really useful to say, you know, a like to me is this kind of like, hey, I see you. I, you know, mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm here for you because we don't know each other, but like I see you and I recognize that something's going on. I like that. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, it's also fun. I think for, I love following events, especially on Twitter, just because it's really fun to see the different reactions yeah. of any given event. So like, following a hashtag for like an Olympic event or, you know, a major sporting event. It's really interesting to see the wide variety of takes and you can kind of gauge, you know, like, okay, so I totally want to, I want to, I want to interact with this group of people and kind of maybe learn more or expand your horizons on the way you're thinking about an event. And so I think that's always fun. And I'm, I'm my main use of Twitter is to figure out what people are chanting in arenas. I just need to know what the chant is and I can never tell from, from my uh, TV. And so you can almost always tell on Twitter and it's amazing. Wait, how do you do Actually, that? Yeah. Okay. So I'll be following like a feed for a game. And then normally when there's a chant that like a lot of people are like, what is mm. going on? Someone in the arena is like, okay, FYI, we are all chanting this. And mm. someone will generally tune you into why they might be chanting it because sometimes it's really obscure and you're like I don't understand what's happening right now um yeah so actually that's been fun uh the hashtag thing is a great way if your goal is to get followers is to like let's say the academy awards you find that hashtag and just tweet um Leonardo DiCaprio 
is so hot, whatever, hashtag Academy Awards. <laughs> and that, which he is, like, let's be honest. But you'll uh, click on the hashtag, people will click on the hashtag and your tweet will be in there. And that's how other people see you. So that's mm-hmm. a good way to, good call on the hashtags. So Amara, do you ever get this feeling where, like, I don't know about you, but I'll spend like all this time like crafting what I just believe is like so good. Like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself for this tweet. It's amazing. It has all these layers. It can be funny in this way and funny in that way. Plus it's educational and blah, 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 blah. And it gets like three likes. And then you tweet like it's halftime and it's 50 to 65 and you get like 50. Like it's so annoying. Does that okay? So it's, <laughs> it's not just me that it happens to. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, like on a per- personal level, yes, all the time. Professional level, yes, all the time. There was one tweet. <laughs> I think it was like it was a um, highlight of Dame, and he was like he flew by someone and like dunked up the like down the middle. So I put the parent trap like right down the middle right down the middle and I was like this is so good it's gonna get so many likes it got like one retweet and it was like my mom and I was like are you kidding me right now I thought that was so clever but you know I'll do it again next year see what happens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe more people have watched the parent trap now that they've yeah, been in their houses exactly. for so long what are you doing That's yeah a classic why I mean it's one of those movies that if it's on tv I'm going to watch it. Oh, I don't care at what point in the movie I have now joined. I am now just here until the end. It doesn't matter what my yep. day plan is. I'm watching the rest of the parent trap. Um, Thank you. You should have yeah. retweeted the tweet. Where were you? I don't know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll go find it. It could have been me. I don't know. I do retweet a lot. <laughs> yeah. So side note, go watch the parent trap. Um yes. Yeah. Uh, Are there any major differences kind of between platforms when you're maintaining a voice or a tone? Or do you kind of just kind of go with the flow on that one? Um, I I don't think I give Facebook enough credit because I tend to be more conservative on Facebook because our audience skews older. So I just don't know Mm -hmm. if they would appreciate kind of the the younger, like trending topics or, you know, whatever. But um, whenever we've tried to be a little, <clears throat> excuse me, more quirky on Facebook, it's really paid off. So maybe I, I'm underestimating Facebook, but I tend to, you know, go with the flow on tone. Um, and when you go with the flow, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet the other night about the Lakers. Um, Hassan was like lost by 40. Mm-hmm. And we were literally talking on Slack. We were like, oh man, we have to post Laker highlights. Like, like if he wins, like, yikes our fans are not gonna be happy so we tweeted like well thankfully we won't have to tweet laker highlights and we just got like laker fans triggered so when you when you say stuff that's a little controversial controversial you kind of have to you know be willing to just take some heat and live with it it is what it is it's just a tweet (laughs) absolutely um I'm interested kind of how, I know this is less on the individual, but how as a team you all manage uh, an account with kind of a tone together as being individuals kind of coming together and having that voice. Yeah, so I primarily run the accounts and then sometimes my coworker Adam helps. He mainly does the arena social media and also Blazer 5. So he's so talented. He helps out a lot on game nights and I run 
pretty much everything by him just to see what he thinks because I trust his opinion. Um, so a lot of the time it's just me. So mm-hmm. it's not really, it's kind of just like my tone and, and what I think. Um, but it's been interesting doing like Twitter takeovers with people because it's just people are so different and it's like mm-hmm. so fun to have different Mm-hmm. voices and different thoughts on our account. Um, so that's been something that's been fun that we've done this, uh, off period. Yeah. It, the, um, every tweet being signed by CJ McCollum. <laughs> so I did that because if he said something crazy, it would say <laughs> CJ next to it and not me. <laughs> yeah. You have to cover your bases sometimes exactly. when you hand people accounts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, those. He's hilarious, man. He's so. Was funny. it was it fun to have Casey Holdall uh, take over the other night? Yes, I love Casey. He's the greatest. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to kind of play around with certain things and um, you know try and keep fans engaged and entertain people. Um, and I've just kind of been kind of been thinking like, what would I like to see on the account? You know, my favorite team's account. And CJ tweeting game seven would be it. So I was, I was really happy that that worked out. (laughs) Do you have any uh, future dreams of any players or staff members live tweeting for the team? I have one potential uh, confirmed, which I'm super excited about. Can't tell you Mm -hmm. quite yet, but you'll see it's coming up. Um, And if, if that goes through, I'll be very happy. So Stay tuned. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I would love to see uh, Coach Stotts break down a game for us on okay. Twitter. Gosh, I, so asked, I asked Coach Stotts, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen, but he is the best. Yeah. I would even, I would watch a live stream of him watching a game. Oh, my gosh. I would, um, really, any which way I can gain information about what is going through his mind when he watches games? Because it's got to be so cool. <laughs> He's such a great person. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's weird because in this time, too, you kind of reflect on a lot of stuff. And I'm like, man, I genuinely, like, miss all of these people. You know, it's, it's weird. It's like you're around um, the coach and the team and, um, you know, the broadcasters for so long. And then it's, like, gone. And you're just not prepared for it. And like last year we were together through May, which was a really long time. (laughs) So yeah, it's a good bunch over there. I I can't believe how much they must miss playing basketball. Like I, that just blows me away every time I think about these guys who've prepared their whole lives to be basketball players and then to not be able to do it. It just kind of shows you that, Life is fragile. You know, it's like something, I mean, I don't know about you, but I never thought sports would be taken away. I just couldn't see a a thing that would make every single sport taken away. And it's like, wow, okay, this is not, you know, Brooke had a a good tweet about her worth being in her work. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Because, you know, that's in this time too, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, what are my hobbies? Like, what do I like to do? You know, it's, it's kind of refiguring out who you are in some weird, deep way, but it is, it's been a journey because yeah. you're all by yourself to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I know literally. 
Awesome. Well, for the all by yourself times, we've been putting together a positivity playlist oh, to yes, kind of awesome. keep us uplifted during this basketball hiatus. And right. I know Brooke had some great additions. I added some stuff to the playlist. Tara, Amara, you got picks for the playlist. Okay, Tara, can you go first? I got to find my. Okay, sure. Yeah, I was like totally uh, – I did not do my homework last week, so I didn't have any uh, songs called up. Um, but this time I'm going to say uh, one song by my absolute favorite artist. John Prine is my favorite artist. Mm. And the song that I keep coming to this whole time has been That's the Way That the World Goes Round, which is an amazing mm. song. And then the other song that I have been singing to myself and listening to a lot is from the great Kenny Rogers, who just passed away. And that would be The Gambler because it's just the classic ballad that just always is like, okay, everybody, everybody be quiet. The Gambler's on. Just hush. We got to listen to the song. And then we can get back to whatever it was we were doing. Good choices. Okay. I'm going to go with, hold on. I'm on Spotify right now. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. This song always just kind of gets me out of whatever funk I'm in. Um, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding is so good, one of my fave songs ever. Um, and also, what have I been listening to? Oh man, I do love Celine Dion. Hmm, uh, John Legend. Uh, yeah. I've just been anything John Legend after he went live on Instagram. I was like, okay, just. Sing me through this because so I'm gonna go John Legend conversations in the dark. Okay, That's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Um, what did Brooke say? What did Brooke say? She was she the one who it was had country for sunshine? sure, right? No, it wasn't. Was she walking on sunshine? Well, she was. No, mine were really obscure, so no. You know me. what? The playlist I after I put it together. I made a YouTube um, playlist of them, and I'll add these new ones to it it is like such a great list of songs it's, i love it it's not very uh i can't remember off the top of my head anymore what um what brooke had on there besides walking on sunshine oh that's a there good was one the marky mark one that was her right um, oh yeah it was uh oh. yeah marky mark and the funky bunch like his debut song i love that so much i'm like totally blanking on right now so we'll We'll share the we'll share the list with you once we've added these other songs on it. Sweet. So you can dance to it too. Yay. I feel like Yay. I just had a master class in social media. I know. Did I say anything? I feel like man, if I think of other things, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> I have a lot of time on my hands. My my last social media question is what is the secret to taking a good picture for Instagram? Because for the life of me, I cannot take a um, good picture for Instagram. <laughs> I would say the secret to taking a good picture on Instagram is having Bruce Ely take it. That is my strategy. <laughs> Hence why I have not posted anything on Instagram because Bruce is not quarantined with yeah. me and therefore <laughs> I just he needs to any. he needs to fly that drone over to your house. Yes, that's a perfect idea. I'll just what be on the back doing? like <laughs> casually lean out yeah. the window, wave. Yeah, that's that would be I a great it. pose. Like Bruce could like go outside everybody's house and then fly the drone over to their windows and they can wave and he can do that for like everybody on the team. That would be so great. Yeah, I think yeah, I've been looking at what people are posting during this time, just like 
other people that whose jobs have stopped as well, like influencers and just things. It's so ridiculous. There is so much ridiculousness going on on Instagram, but I'm into it because it's all about pajamas mm-hmm. and eating, which I'm super into currently. So I'm here for it. Yeah. All <laughs> good things to do right now. <laughs> Awesome. Anything else, Tara, from you? No, I don't think so. I just want to thank you for uh, coming on with us, Amara. It's yeah. great to talk to you. And you know, now we've we've got we've done like the triumvirate. We've had Jamie and we had Brooke and we had Amara. So if you have any ideas on other people we should talk to, uh, we should get AJ on. I was gonna say AJ. Yeah. Yep. To connect with her, it's it's yeah. really wonderful having all of you uh, covering the team that we love. And even though it's sad that we're on a hiatus, it's nice to catch up and find out what everybody's been up to and what everybody's watching. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you having me on. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited. Um, so, Amara, how can people find you? I think most people, I think, should be able to. But if they don't know how to find you, how they can, how can they find you? I'm going to give out. Okay. So first of all, please go follow trailblazers. If you haven't at trailblazers everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. we're on TikTok. Go follow us on TikTok. Super fun things happening over there. Do you do all of those on game night? Like, so do you have like eight hands. I do. Yeah. I have eight hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mainly do. Um, and the website. So the website, um, Adam, my coworker handles the website. Um, Aaron Grossman, my boss, also does. Um, and then I usually do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then Adam's really taken ownership over TikTok because he's super creative and clever. So I'm like, please take it. Have fun. Thank you so much. I'll go like everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm mainly just the core three, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And then my personal social media handles are, I think it's at Amara Baptist on instagram and twitter perfect yeah well that'll about do it for this episode of the what podcast don't forget to subscribe to the blazers edge on whatever platform you use to get your podcast follow us on twitter at hoops and talks follow blazers edge at blazers edge let us know what you want to hear from our amazing guests that we're going to have in the future you can find me at tcb biggs cassidy you want to take us out of here yeah, and we also love email, so send us an email at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com with your icebreaker ideas, positive playlist suggestions, ultimate English muffin toppings, new crafting projects, and until and you can find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. And until next time, wash your hands, be safe, be kind, and wave to your neighbors through your window. Bye.